the term solo ager is new and deserves a new respect for people who choose to live solo and, and not use the word single in reference to not being married. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. And if you like this podcast, you'll love my companion courses, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity, and The Wisdom of Mindful Eating. Now, for one month only, I'm putting both of my online courses on a radical sale. Both The Wisdom of Mindful Eating and Zestful Aging will be $19.99 each. Both of these courses have received rave reviews. They're fun, straightforward, and have the ability to change your life in the direction of more peace and less stress about eating and around aging. No extreme diets or punishing exercise. More about creating habits that feel good and are sustainable, which is health-promoting and leads to a longer, happier life. This offer will expire January 31st. Find out more at NicoleChristina.com. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. We have a great show for you today. I'm going to be talking to Joy Laverty, who is the author of Who Will Take Care of Me When I Am Old? And the bestseller, The Complete Elder Care Planner. She's shared her expertise on the Today Show, CBS Early Show, Wall Street Journal, NPR, among many others. And Joy serves as a mature market consultant and spokesperson for some of America's best-known companies and associations. And she's known widely in the industry for her energy and passion. <laughs> many people have mentioned your name to me, um, many, many guests, and said, you have to interview Joy. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. You know, we have talked um, on other episodes about caregiving, and it, it's such an important subject, and many people are learning about it as they go, but you also have another expertise I'd like to talk to you today about, which is really being alone and maybe the caregiving is over maybe situations you know occurred that didn't create that you know a scenario and that people are actually aging alone is that something that you can talk a little bit more about well you know if we all live long enough we will all age alone so it's either people who are never married separated divorced and widowed might come into that category right now but as i mentioned do we see ourselves aging alone in the future and if we're going to plan ahead are you planning on the longevity 
and the possibility of living as a solo ager. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the... some of the challenges that solo agers might have that maybe other people don't? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, Nicole, is the thing about safety nets. We ask ourselves, who can I call at two o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. I mean, who's got your back? You know, we make assumptions if we are coupled up right now that we could say, well, listen, the doctor told me I have to have somebody pick me up after I have this procedure. Mm -hmm. Can you come pick me up? But what about people who are aging solo? How do they ask their their friends to come pick them up in the middle of the day when they may be working and unavailable? Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many stories I hear from solo agers who say they ask their friends to be a power of attorney for their finances and healthcare, and they and they hear, no, I can't take on that responsibility. I'm not going to. Huh. Oh, I see. Now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm wondering the word, uh, the word solo, the term solo agers. Um, I'm not that familiar with that. I'm sure I've come across it reading or preparing for interviews, but do people actually identify themselves as solo agers? Yeah, the ice is starting to thaw and people are beginning to see themselves as, as people who are, have chosen to not have children or uh, they're, they're not married or they are not in a serious relationship, a committed relationship as I call it. You know, the term solo ager is new and deserves a new respect for people who choose to live solo and and not use the word single in reference to not being married. You see, Uh it it deserves its rightful place. Mm -hmm. In identifying as a solo ager, it will begin the process of the government and policy mm-hmm. give reference to this status and give it the respect it deserves. We have to start using this term more often. Now, on that note, you may have heard Nicole the term elder orphan. Does that ring a bell? It does. All right. Well, I'd say throw that term out the window because it connotates victimhood and has nothing to do with being an orphan. It is unrelated. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to start standing up and saying, we are not victims. We are, we are uh, in control of the choices that we make. And we need to go forward from a more positive point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea of identifying yourself in a way that's not about, I mean, it sounds a bit pitiful, elder it's, orphan. It's like you think of a, a little, you know, crouched over person in the woods looking for some breadcrumbs or something. Boy, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. Thank you. So when you, when you uh, are a solo ager, well, first of all, let's talk about do you have a sense of what the percentages are of, of people who are aging solo? What's, what does that look like? Well, today, one in three boomers. How's that? Wow. There's millions wow. and millions of people. And with this 
um, Me Too movement. Mm. We anticipate more divorces because people over the age of 50 are divorcing at an increased right. rate. That's and a so great divorce. Yes, mm. yes. And so here we go. We, we haven't seen the light of day. I mean, it's it's coming fast. It's already here. And, and never forget that we are all headed to this category if we live long enough. It's mm -hmm. longevity. It's a whole new world, isn't it? We don't even know what the landscape would look like. Well, and there it, currently we know that the landscape is void of the kinds of community services that we're going to need. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. means is uh, boomers are really good at creating community. You know, mm -hmm. way back when we did communes. Well, <laughs> get a little help from our friends. Look what look what we're going to be doing again. Mm -hmm. The, uh, you know, and I'm familiar, and I know you are, the initiatives of cohabitation. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit about how that might benefit a solo ager? Sure. So um, there's, a, there's a concept that is, is becoming extremely popular. It's called shared housing. Mm -hmm. So you might have a house or you might have a house to sell. And the idea is to connect either sell your house and move in with somebody else or vice versa. Also, the idea of, of uh, becoming a member of a village while staying in your own home. So this means you, you take advantage of people all getting together who age, age in their own homes, but come together for resources and social activities. Mm -hmm. Kinds of, of, of other concepts. I, for example, live in the concept that's called a NORC. It's an N-O-R-C, and that stands for a Naturally Occurring Retirement Community. Mm. Yeah, and they're all over the place. Most of them are in New York. People, people move into the apartment building that they absolutely love, and they never leave. Mm -hmm. They get to but know each other, and they live in the... Uh it's like an organic process. Exactly. And that's what I live in. I live in Chicago and I live in Newark. I know many, over half of my neighbors I see all the time and we take care of each other. It's it's such a beautiful concept, actually. And I think, you know, I don't know the, the whole anthropological uh, history of it, but it seems like it might be... Um, you know, something that is very, very ancient as well. Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, in, in uh, like a kibbutz. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in your perfect world, Joy, knowing what you know, writing, you know, the complete elder care planner, I mean, you know, this, this material so well, and it sounds like you live it. What would be some of the ideal policies you would implement? Well, let, I, I would like to reference the caregivers for just a moment and, and, and open their eyes to the fact that they are doing two things simultaneously as they care for loved ones. Not only do they have to make good decisions about the people that they're caring for, but they simultaneously have to protect their own financial and emotional well-being at the mm -hmm. same time. So what I'm well aware of now is that we're going to be doing two things at the same time. So don't go dipping into your own pockets just because mom needs, you know, needs a, 
needs a ride uh, and, and is using your money to use Uber wherever she needs to go. And you have to be really, really careful about knowing about the finances, not only of your parents, but yours as well. Very practical. Very practical. So money, when people ask me, you know, what should I be thinking about? And when you think about all the millions of things that you, I mean, it's just overwhelming. So here it is in order of importance. Money is the first thing. How am I going to finance a longer life? Mm -hmm. Second thing is where am I going to live? Am I going to move or am I going to stay put? Mm -hmm. Is getting the paperwork in order you know, the living will, and so on. Mm -hmm. I see. So it's, it's <clears throat> money is number one, and where am I going to live is number two. Yep, and the legal documents are number three, especially if you are a solo ager. Mm -hmm. It's going to be your power of attorney. It does seem like a real shift in, you know, how it, we sort of, think about this sort of illusion of everyone's in a nuclear family. And I, I, I don't know that mm. we've really allowed ourselves. Well, I'm sure I know you have and, <laughs> and the people that you uh, hang around with. But like, you know, the clients that I see, I don't know whether they have a model um, to say, you know, this is an option. And that's an option. I think some of them are still stuck. Some of us are still stuck in this very maybe traditional idea. Um, and, and we know that it's not we're losing that. We know that that's old and um, is has to be addressed. But my sense is that people don't really know, okay, so if we're not doing this, we're living longer, it's going to look different. Retirement isn't going to be at 65. What are my options? You know, it, it seems like the new models aren't completely clear to many people yet. Well, that's because many of our advisors are still working on a world that no longer exists. Aha. Uh -huh. All right. So, so if you, if you go to an advisor, let's say you have chosen someone to help you with retirement planning, even the word retirement is outdated and no. Mm. So you, so that's like clue number one. <laughs> Well, that's that's a problem. Our lawyers and our financial advisors are not necessarily up to speed mm -hmm. in the world of the solo ager. And as solo agers, we must all get our advisors up to speed. Mm -hmm. and eventually, everybody will catch up to each other. But you're, the advice you're getting typically is, is, do you have enough money for long-term care? Well, guess what? What if you have all the money in the world and you do not know that there's a caregiver shortage going on? That people mm -hmm. are not on the door to become a caregiver because it's not a job where most people are willing to take on. It's below minimal wage, no benefits. Who's where are the caregivers? Mm -hmm. So you can't give your money away. Does your advisor know that? Mm -hmm. And so um, it, what would you do about that? If you were the um, 
the person who was uh, making policy, what can be done about the caregiver shortage? We're starting to hear a lot about mm -hmm. that in the media. Making um, the communities more livable for all ages. Mm -hmm. And so this is, this is going to depend on, it's going to be so unique to each neighborhood and to each city and mm -hmm. to each uh, government that, that it, we will need to make this up as we go along from here on, from the point of view of the solo ager, and that it will take on many different forms. And just like it does in Europe, how do the young take care of the old and vice versa? How is this meshed together so that it works for everybody? Intergenerational initiatives, yeah. 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 I, how frustrated are you that this information, we know it, right? There's documentaries, mm -hmm. we saw, you know, coming of age and aging America. We know what the, the, the graphs are, we know about the demographic, and you're saying our you know, the leadership, the experts, supposed experts are behind the times. How do you deal with your own frustration about seeing this very close on the horizon, but people not maybe moving fast enough? Oh, they'll never move fast enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a given. But I'm not frustrated because I've been here before. When I introduced the concept of elder care back in the 1990s, I went, first went to corporate America, and I knocked on the door and I said, hey, everybody, wake up. It's elder care time. And they said, no, 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 Joy, it's child care time. And so they began the process of putting all these fabulous child care uh, programs for the, for the employees so they wouldn't leave work. So I patiently let them know. <laughs> You know, Bided your like, time. But no, and I did not shut up and I kept <laughs> on going and I kept knocking on those doors. And little by little, people began to get the message. So here we are again. I'm ahead of my time. I'm used to being ahead of my time. That's one of the skills I have as a communicator is, is speak so that people can hear you and keep talking until one by one the balls will drop from the sky and they will get the message. And mm -hmm. that's job. I'm, I, I mean, if you think about it, Nicole, the answer to who will take care of me when I'm old is me. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the underlying message. And people who are smart enough and awake enough right now to know that they need to and brave enough, I should say, mm -hmm. to go forward, to begin to answer this question for themselves. That's all I can ask for right now. And there's great potential here. Oh, talk about entrepreneurs who are going to creativity. Yes. Now, this is the good news, the real, real good news. I, I anticipate many people beginning to take on new roles and get paid for them. I'll give you an example. We're gonna need professional advocates. Outside of the hospital, outside of, of the healthcare system, we're gonna need somebody to be our power of attorney when all our friends say, nope, not going there. Mm -hmm. And so professional advocacy is a business that's going to thrive and it has to be defined, has to be licensed, has to mm -hmm. be certified, but it doesn't exist yet. Not to the scale that it's going to need to be. 
Mm-hmm. If anybody out there is looking for a job <laughs> or a business, mm-hmm. this is that. Mm-hmm. And what about the care, professional care, um, caregiving? Where yeah. do you see that going? Because, you know, mm-hmm. m- of course, most of us want to stay in our homes as long as possible. Um, and so what's the potential for uh, like a, a, a more professional um, kind of caregiving? And I don't mean to, mm-hmm. to slight people who are caregiving, but mm-hmm. what else is, is out there? Or what are the other possibilities? Because right now it sounds like it's a lot of unpaid, very difficult work. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the the um, aging life professionals, this is a new term that came from the old term geriatric case managers, which no boomer would even allow to have them <laughs> only because the title is so off base. But if we call ourselves, hey, I'm going to call my aging life professional, come on in, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a profession that will also help supplement the um, course of the care that we're going to need. But it's going to be different because this professional is going to know how to create partnership between the client and the professional. So we're we're all going to have to be more responsible in our aging process. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to get to sit back and say, "Do, do this for me because as we already mentioned, there aren't even any caregivers to to ask them to do this. (laughs) So the partnership possibilities are going to be endless, but it's true responsibility and accountability on both sides. Do you feel like I know you're so busy and we you were joking with me when we when we scheduled the interview that you had to do your 10 keynotes before we could talk and I'm wondering do, does it feel like there's not enough of you or <laughs> to spread these messages and to enlighten people on what's coming down the road? Well, here's the here's the neat thing that always happens when I'm out on the road and I'm giving a keynote or giving a workshop People in the audience are there for a reason, and typically they stand up and they become a soldier of the message. So mm. any trouble with people spreading the word about my book, about, about the work, and, and they take it on. They take that book and they make their own programs, and they go out and they, they start doing the same because they begin to realize that we're all in this together. So, so while my audiences may be small now, small in comparison to the problem, you know, I am completely satisfied with the progress that is made so far because, I, like I said earlier, I've been here before. And waking people up to this need of an aging population is going to take just slow but sure. And, and little by little, people do wake up. I've have I have the history of that. Mhm. Do you have a I mean you've already done a lot of work in this area, you know, you're writing, you're you're out there in every possible outlet here, but are you would a wish for you be to influence policy directly? Are you someone who wants to be a policy maker? 
I don't have a political bone in my body. I, I don't. I am, but I, what I am is highly social and highly motivated when I am with with one person one on one. That's that's all I can do. And when I see their face light up, that then I've done my job, and then I move on, and then I do it again and again and again for thousands of people in an audience or for for one person at a time. And that's my motivation. I am creating change, one person at a time. Mm -hmm. Change. And would would we have been able to predict this if we knew Joy in high school or in your (laughs) earlier years? Would we say, yep, that's what she's going to go do, create big change? Um, Well, yeah, actually, the the, um, time that I was awake to the problems of an aging population did indeed happen when I was in high school. And so I began this early on. And so perhaps those who are close to me saw that I was here to make a difference. Um, been like this all my life, yeah. And, 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 and they, they were happy because I had so much energy and I, I needed to put it somewhere. Mm. How do you keep your energy high, Joy? Um, I'm very careful about what I eat, what I drink. I practice yoga, I get enough sleep, I know how to sleep on airplanes, and I eat right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you're very uh, cognizant of what you need to do to keep the messenger in good, good working order. Absolutely. I wish I, I I suppose if I'm frustrated about one thing, it's the fact that more people don't do that for themselves. And they, Mm -hmm. they just... They don't take good care of themselves, and I, I don't get that. Um, mm. So that's my one frustration that I could I could name. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious, because this is so, it's so important, and I can hear your passion, and I know it's, it's such a big part of your life. Are there times when you just have to sit and watch Netflix or do something (laughs) more, I I don't know, mindless or um, just fun for the sake of of having fun? Yes. And and you already named my favorite thing to do is (laughs) hole up in bed with Netflix, my phone, and I got the covers over my head and I'm watching so many fun things like how to decorate your your boat. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I know nothing about. I'm watching turtles mating and I know oh, that's what's going on. So how do you choose your shows? What are the things that you're drawn to? It sounds like uh, aquatic life in one way or the other. <laughs> nothing serious. Just, no. just, um, mostly creative. Mm-hmm. Love science. I like to know what people are thinking about regarding going to Mars. Stuff like mm-hmm. things that really get me out of my world. I'm also, um, um, importantly, I'm very careful about who I hang out with. And I know as a social worker, you would appreciate who, who, is, who are my close people, family mm-hmm. and friends. That's really, really important. Um, I don't have anybody in my life that invalidates me. I have a lot of people in my life who are fun. And my husband especially 
is really good at saying, hey, let's go to a movie. And mm-hmm. the knee-jerk reaction is, oh, no, I can't do that. <laughs> you have to work. I have, yeah, right. I have 10 keynotes uh, coming up next week. <laughs> and then he looks at me, and then I remember my commitment to him a long uh-huh. ago. And I say, okay. And I don't mean it, but I go, and I'm so glad I do. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the work can take on a life of its own. I mean, you're so committed and it's so important to you and to the world that sometimes you have to you have to deliberately say, okay, I'm going to unplug right now. Right. It's so, it's so true and it's so important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've discovered sleep. <laughs> I didn't know about sleep until about two years ago, when I finished writing the last book. I didn't sleep much before that. And then I said to myself, Joy, you are going to reward yourself by getting sleep. Hmm. Sleep. And so now I I love it. I'll go to bed at 8 o'clock and sometimes not turn on that Netflix and just you know, just go right to sleep. Mm, Yeah, that's Ariana Huffington's uh talks a lot about how important that is mm-hmm. that yeah that's right so what what's your next project what do you see for yourself um on the horizon in terms of your work you know just staying staying open being that my job right now is to listen and listen carefully which is how i got here in the first place so i'm ready to be available to to what needs to be done. So I'm doing a lot of listening right now and amazing projects are coming my way. I'm getting a lot of interest from corporate America, which is what I secretly hoped would happen when I started writing this second book, that corporate America would begin to look at their employees who are about to retire um, or not even about to retire, Look at their employees in a whole new way. How many employers know how many of their employees are aging solo? Mm-hmm. Important. And what are they telling their employees about how to plan for the future? My heart is so into being available to corporate America right now. So it's sort of this idea that you're going to teach uh, the higher ups, and then they will develop programs or initiatives for their uh, their workers. Is that how you see this going? Yeah, only I would I would substitute the word teach for wake up. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Just I just want to wake them up to the to the world of today, not the world of mm. one of nineteen eighty five. And what would that look like? Could you give me an example of something that you would be really thrilled about um, if you were able to uh, work with a, a corporation? What would your what would make you happy that they might uh, implement? Well, interestingly enough, most people think that older adults are the loneliest people in the world that they isolate themselves, but There are many, many articles that are already out there that are saying it is the young adults who are the Mm -hmm. least generation in America. What would make me very, very happy is if corporate America would create opportunities for the younger and older employees to connect 
and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Now that's one idea that I, I can see is a, is a true need for everyone. That intergenerational model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is that true in your life? How, are, how is your life uh, sort of in, intergenerational? Well, I come from a big Italian family where we have been intergenerational since the day we were born. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's in everybody's face. <laughs> the young and the old, in the kitchen, in the living room, on the phone. And so I am pretty much living the legacy of a, of a culture mm-hmm. how to do inter, intergenerations like the back of their hand. We don't mm-hmm. even that. Um, I was explaining, I was giving a talk a couple of weeks ago to a group of people, and I said, um, one of the things we all need to learn and get better at is this thing called critical thinking. And they all looked at me, and I said, well, I don't worry, I didn't know what critical thinking was either, really, until I started to write the, the latest book. And I said, critical thinking in, requires that we get out of our comfort zone and and start surrounding ourselves and asking questions to people of different generations, different cultures, different ages. Mm-hmm. Example of how sometimes I ask my six-year-old granddaughter what I should do about a certain problem. And she comes up with the best answers. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I love her. <laughs> that everyone has a certain wisdom that some, they yes. all bring something to the table, whether it's your six-year-old granddaughter or maybe your grandmother. Exactly. What a lovely, I mean, that's just such a lovely model of um, wholeness and uh, interconnectedness. And think about how she feels. And I don't do it to make, you know, to, to make her feel good. I'm seriously mm-hmm. asking for her advice. And she loves giving it to me. <laughs> I bet she does. Does she know that you've been on television and interviewed on these big media outlets? Does she, has she seen you on TV? She's seen me on TV and she knows I write books. And she's mm-hmm. a reader. I brought her mom up to be a reader. And now uh, my, my granddaughter and her sisters and brother are readers. By mm. And so she has a lot more respect that I write books. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's lovely. It sounds like she's your biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking her on the road. <laughs> ah, lovely, lovely. So for, for our listeners who are solo agers or anticipating or wondering or, you know, this is piquing their interest, where can they find out more about that? Um, do you want to send them to your website? Is there one of your books that speaks about this um, in depth? Where, where would you take them? Well, the advantage of going to my website would be all of the hundreds of articles, mm-hmm. interviews that are already on the website. So that mm-hmm. brings depth to the topic. To buy my book, it's called Who Will Take Care of Me When I'm Old, mm-hmm. wherever books are sold. So they can find it on my website or they can find it on the Internet at the, at the popular bookstores. 
Mm-hmm. And your website is elderindustry.com. Is that where you yes. are? Yes. Okay. Okay. Any any last thoughts uh, before we wrap up, Joy, uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Just that, that your listeners will not forget to take good care of themselves because we we really need to do that and to find a way to to be brave to go forward into the future. Mm-hmm. It's a new future. Yeah, sure is. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your passion and energy. It's a subject that um, I'd like to learn more about as well. Uh, it's it's really important, and I know that my listeners will appreciate it as well. I can't thank you enough for having me, and I love your questions, and I love talking with you. So thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.